Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the shores of Sydney Harbour instead of our normal Los Angeles um, premises. So looking up the harbour today, it's a beautiful day. Lots of yachts out there sailing around, glistening in the sun. I'm in Australia for a couple of weeks before I go back to LA. Unfortunately, though, most of the time I'm here, I seem to have back-to-back meetings, but um, I still have some family here despite... 25 years in the States, and uh, it's also a great opportunity to catch up with old friends. I had a really nice night last night with Kerry Caff and his wife, Lainey, and uh, Terry and I were good friends, still are good friends, but we were really good friends 25 years ago or so before I left, so it was great to catch up with them last night. Now, for those of you who may be listening for the very first time, We're proud of the fact that week after week, we bring entrepreneurs and small business leaders the the latest information that's happening on the planet. We're um, also broadcast right across the world in every country of the planet. So, and we're the number one radio show globally for entrepreneurs. That's because, you know, over the last three years, we've done so much. Um, We've discussed about um, something like 400 topics, interviewed 150 of the world's leading movers and shakers, answered 400 or so email questions from listeners. So it's been fantastic, and we have only just begun. This week, Kickstarter, which, as you know, is a crowdfunding company, released its annual report. And in 2013, they raised $480 million for startup ventures. That's an average of $1.3 million every single day and represents a 50% increase over 2002. I wouldn't be surprised this, this year, and this is a big statement, but I wouldn't be surprised this year if they hit a billion dollars, which is all money for startups and new companies and entrepreneurs, and that's fantastic news. The, um, the US economy's starting to really pick up steam, and uh, I think it's going to be a great year for entrepreneurs. In 2013, Kickstarter funded 12,911 projects. 12,911 entrepreneurs were funded, and bearing in mind that Kickstarter's only one of say the top 10 are all pretty significant fundraisers. The um, Veronica Mars movie raised the most, bringing in nearly $6 million. And uh, uh, that's, a, that's a lot of money. It's a great start for a movie. Three million people pledged support to projects at Kickstarter. So three million people contributed to entrepreneurs last year. And... Uh, Projects came from 214 countries, including Antarctica, and uh, more than 800,000 people 
gave money to more than one project and 975 people contributed to more than 100 projects each. So 975 people contributed to more than 100 projects each. That's fantastic. Great news for entrepreneurs. No wonder entrepreneurs from all over the world head into the United States sooner or later. And according to a new report released during the week, people can't get enough of Netflix, the streaming video service gaining subscribers, while premium pay networks like HBO and Showtime have been losing subscribers. Over the past two years, the number of households subscribing to premium networks has fallen by 6%. That's probably about 3 million households, while online streaming systems have risen by 4%. 32% of American households now pay for premium networks like HBO and Showtime, and 27% subscribe to demand digital service. And, you know, while, um, while Netflix is the biggest user, um, Hulu Plus and Amazon Prime and a number of others are also gaining popularity. So that's a very interesting trend. Although I guess before you get too carried away with um, the numbers, you've got to maybe bear in mind that, um, yeah, the economy is being tight and maybe people look at their uh, cable bill and think that they're going to cut a bit out. I know my cable bill, I think, is about um, 300 bucks a month. And so, you know, if you're a house- household that's struggling, it's probably not a bad place to start cutting. My very first book, which came out um, 17 years ago, was called Complex Marketing Made Simple. It sold really well around the world, and a lot of universities used it. And in fact, there's still a couple of universities around the planet that use it. It went into four printings, but it contained a substantial section on the use of colour in marketing and advertising. And this is one of the first times that a business book had really analysed the use of colour and uh, it was really well received and I'm very proud of that. Some of the information from that first book is still of critical importance today despite all the technology changes. So what many people don't know is that colour attracts attention and garners emotional connection much more effectively than any shape, form or content. Colour appeals to the emotions and therefore determines the next step the consumer takes. Because don't forget, every decision we make is um, driven by emotion. It's not driven by copy. It's not driven by content. It is driven by emotion. Certainly use those other things to justify it later on, but initially and it's initially you want, because if you don't get people initially, they don't hang around for you to get more information to them. The colour red, for example, actually increases your blood pressure. So when you see the colour red, your blood pressure increases and your heart rate increases. Whereas if you see blue, they decrease. So the right colours in presentations and brochures and packaging can produce a subliminal effect on the consumer. That's why spot colour in printing, while it's more expensive, can produce a 75% higher readership and sales rate 
than just black and white. And different colours affect different people different ways. Um, in the book, I've got every colour listed and, and exactly the effect that it has on your body and on the motivations it's used. But 41% of people positively respond to the colour blue as a measure of trust and stability. But if you have it in red, only 13% regard that as being trustworthy and stable. It's 8% for green and it's only 6% for black. So just think how often we're out there trying to tell people that we're um, trustworthy and we're stable and we do it in black. Yet only 6% of people respond positively to black when it refers to trust and stability. Um, 80% of people find blue copy more attractive than black. But blue copy only has 15% of the comprehension of black copy. So therefore, you need to use black. So it's not only just how appealing it is, it's how it's comprehended by the brain. And this week, a new study was released about how colours affect your conversion rate. And 85% of shoppers say that colour is the primary reason for buying a product while 66% of people won't buy certain appliances unless it comes in their preferred colour. That's interesting. Full colour ads in magazines get noticed 26% more often than black and white ads. But more importantly, colour increases brand recognition by 80%. And the overall finding? More than 90% of purchase decisions are influenced by visual factors it also probably won't come as any great surprise to anyone that women and men react differently to different colors women love blue purple and green and hate orange brown and gray must have been hate gray too gray is the most boring color on the planet while men love blue green and black and dislike brown orange and purple so Women love purple, men dislike it intensely. So that's interesting. So let's look at all the colours that affect your spending. Burgundy's seen it as rich and refined, while black, as we know, is sophisticated. Green is used to attract ecologically minded people, while blue denotes trust and dependability. That's why I wear blue suits all the time. Orange conveys affordability, cheap, people don't like it. Now, if you're in retail, you'll know that there's three types of buyers. Now, this is no secret. There's impulse shoppers, shoppers that are on a budget, and then there's the traditional buyers. The colours that trigger impulse shoppers are blue, orange, and black, because orange, don't forget, suggests discount. Well, the colour that triggers shoppers on a budget are deep blue and aqua. And your traditional buyers, no surprise, are motivated by orange, aqua and red. Okay, so what colours should you stay away from if you're looking at packaging or retailing or signs or in ads, um, print ads? What do you stay away from? Grey. 
because it's a boring colour and it represents loneliness and sadness. I mean, if you sit looking at a grey wall, if you paint your office grey, your productivity will decrease, not motivating. Black, on one hand, is associated with exclusivity. On the other hand, the traditional colour of death. So you've got to be careful of the graphics, etc., that you put with it. Pink's gender-specific, but it's conveyed by men as weakness. Blue's calming and reassuring, while brown represents boredom. So there you go. If you've got an ad running in brown, I suggest you um, get out there and change it because it's not going to fucking work and sell anything for you. That's why. I found a few quotes during the week that I thought represented a great message for a lot of us. The first is, only a genius can do things their own way. And you are probably not a genius. I love that. You know, so many people try to buck the system and go out and do something different and, they, and um, you know, and while I'm all for originality and, and trying something different, some things people try are just stupid and to a large degree that explains why 98% of all businesses fail. You know, you stick to the tried and true and you deviate when you've got something great to deviate with but otherwise you ain't no genius. And if you think you're something really special and you're irreplaceable and without you the company will fail, think about this one. If you want to know how much you'll be missed from your business when you're gone, put your hand in a bucket of water and then remove it. The size of the hole that's left is a measure of how much you'll be missed. Diddly squat, that's how much. None. Now, there are two quotes that I came across that are also perfect for entrepreneurs. The first is, today's pain is tomorrow's power. The more you suffer today, the stronger you are tomorrow. Now, the old thing about people who are really successful have usually failed a few times, often been bankrupt. It's because you learn from your mistakes. You learn a hell of a lot more from your mistakes than you do from your successes. The other quote I love that I hear people all the time is stop waiting for the right time. Success is a numbers game, and it depends on the number of times you take a shot. If you sit around waiting for the right time, it'll never work. You will never, ever create the perfect business plan. People screw around with business plans for months trying to get them right. You'll never find the perfect partner or the perfect market or the perfect location but you can find the perfect time to start your business. And that time is right now. You know, talent, experience and connections are important, but put everything you have into enough new things and something is going to work. Take enough shots and over time you'll grow more skills, more experience and more connected. This means a greater percentage of your efforts will succeed. 
take enough shots, learn from those that don't work, and in time you'll have all the skills and experience and connections that you need. Like a rolling stone, you gather, it says gather no moss, but actually you gather it as you go. As we discussed last week, one of the things I love about Generation Next, they're the people between 14 and 30, is that they don't sit around and complain. They get off their ass and do something. You know, many of them are not out there looking for jobs. They get out there and they create them. If they had a job and were laid off, they're a lot more likely to become an entrepreneur than to keep looking for a job. So this generation's creating its own economy. Generation Next are 120% more likely to be business owners and 21% of college students and recent grads start businesses of their own. And let me mention a couple more entrepreneurs that I admire. Cameron Johnson got his start at the age of nine, making invitations for his parents' holiday party. Two years later, Cameron made thousands of dollars selling cards through his company he called Cheers and Tears. He's now 11. At age 12, he paid 100 bucks for his sister's 30 Beanie Babies and sold them on eBay for $1,000. He then purchased more dolls directly from the manufacturer and Bearing in mind, this guy's 12. In less than a year, he made $50,000 profit. He used that money to start an internet business, which brought in 3000 a month. By the time he was 15, he has revenue of $400,000 a month. 15 years old, four hundred grand a month. That's what happens when you use your initiative and become an entrepreneur. Ashley Quails began with $8. Eight. Started a journey that led her to $70,000 a month in revenue. She made so much money when she was in high school, she dropped out to vote a time to a business. She was recently offered $1.5 million for the business, but turned it down. You know, you can't use anything as an excuse for not pursuing your dreams of being an entrepreneur. There is no acceptable excuse. So these two inspiring young business owners prove that it doesn't matter how old you are, one was nine and one was 12. (laughs) I love it. It doesn't matter how big or small your idea is. Entrepreneurship can be achieved by all different demographics. All we have to do to get our business ideas to blossom, to get a bit of support and put in the hard work. So we at the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, I hope that we can inspire you to keep believing in yourself and in your business idea. Good venturing. I love it. If if you've got stories about a young entrepreneur, send me an email. Let me know. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. And the whole reason that we're here, is to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. So if you've got a question about any aspect of your business, please don't hesitate. Drop me a line at bob at bobpritchard.com and we will answer you either on air or directly. We're the number one radio show in the world for entrepreneurs, so no matter where you are on the planet, thanks for listening. Um, 
one of the great advantages of being a business speaker um, and an entrepreneur like I am and traveling constantly throughout the world is some of the phenomenal people that you get to meet. And uh, after the break, I'm going to introduce you to Arshed Mohammed and his wonderful French speaking designer. He's an entrepreneur and a designer in Saudi Arabia, and they have a absolutely delightful, very sophisticated and inspiring brand called The Spirit of Arabia. It's very classy. Go to their website. Have a look. Like every entrepreneur, he struggled, and I'm sure that you're going to enjoy his story. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business, and I will be back with Arshed in just a moment. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is a segment of the show where we talk to entrepreneurs, people all over the world who are making a difference, who are out there and forging a way for themselves rather than being employed by other people. And uh, a few months ago, I came across a fantastic new brand. The logo is sensational. It's just a real classic brand. Spirit of Arabia. They sell contemporary, fashionable, Arabian-themed clothes and accessories. Their logo is just so stylized and it just oozes prestige. It's very, very classy. Um, sophisticated, stylish, and I have, since the first time I saw them, I thought that they were going to become a strong lifestyle brand globally. And the clothing, the style of the clothing and that Arabian theme is it can be worn anywhere on the planet. It doesn't matter whether you're in Paris or whether you're in Dubai or whether you're in Sydney or New York. It makes no difference. It stands out. It's got an image of class. And, uh, you know, the Western world's got a um, uh, always had a sort of a mystery um, 
and an interest in Arabian culture way back to Lawrence of Arabia. So last month, Spirit of Arabia was chosen as one of only 10 finalists to present at the SME Congress in Abu Dhabi. And they presented their new concept that includes a 3D virtual store. Now with me on the, on the phone from Dubai, uh, Ashid Mohammed, a great guy. He's the founder of Spirit of Arabia and great French accent on this lady, Amira Alawi, who is the creative director of Spirit of Arabia. Hi guys. How are you? Hi, Bob. Uh, hi, Bob. How do I, I do with the French? <laughs> um, you, bang out, you began the business as a bricks-and-mortar retail store in a brand-new shopping mall, and unfortunately, the mall had trouble attracting tenants. When Ashed took the space, they promised that the mall would be full, but unfortunately... Um, quite some time later, they still only had 40% occupancy, which means they didn't have the foot traffic. And so they've been through a lot, and things didn't quite work out the way they anticipated, but they are coming back now extremely strongly as an online store. So you've had a challenging time, Ashed. Yes, Bob, the last two years have certainly been very, very challenging for us. But you know what, we've, we've learned uh, some valuable lessons on our journey as a startup. Uh, and uh, I was just thinking to start with, perhaps I can quickly share a few of these lessons uh, that we've learned today that I think they will be of interest to your listeners. Okay, yeah, please do. The, the, the listeners that we have are entrepreneurs, and we, you know, every entrepreneur, including myself, we all go through the same dramas and same traumas and same challenges. So, yeah, we'd love to hear some of the lessons that you've learned. Okay, so so for me, uh, you know, I've got a few here. Yeah, I would say one of the main lessons uh, from our experience uh, that uh, that we've you know we've uh, gone through is to expect the unexpected. Yeah. You can always prepare, you know, and plan for eventualities, and uh, but you know what, something uh, totally unexpected it will always come out of the blue and just catch you out. Yep. In our case, you know, as you mentioned, you know, we knew we were moving into a new mall at a great location. Uh, and, uh, you know, we expected it to be leave quickly. But, you know what, guess, you know, I guess well, after 16 months, uh, you know, it was only 40% uh, occupied. So, you know, uh, you know we, we just suffered from the very little uh, foot traffic. So, yeah. you know, just learn uh, to expect the unexpected. Well, one of the things that always uh, happens... Another lesson uh, is to persevere through difficulties. For most startups, uh, there'll be times when the situation gets tough and the outlook seems very bleak. So you can decide to give in and walk away, or you can choose to pick yourself up, deal with issues, and find creative ways to keep going. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I believe the, the key to this is to retain belief in yourself and the concept. If you have that real passion and belief in yourself, then you can overcome the challenges and the self-doubt that starts to creep in. Uh, and you can emerge even stronger. So you just have to listen to your inner voice. Yeah, that's what we've done, and we've managed to develop the Spirit of Arabia concept into an even stronger offering. Uh, let me just add one lesson as well. Uh, I think it's important to carefully listen to the customer's needs and, and feedback. Uh, well, I have learned a lot by paying attention to customers and other people's feedback, understanding what their needs are, and then acting on it. Yeah. 
we all know that customers who make it to our store love Spirit of Arabia products. So we are we are we have a really good um, feedback and response of, of of the concept, and we have um, a Dubai-based group they contact us and they offered us a, a real prime location in one of their malls. But um, well, unfortunately, we did not have the means to to accept the offer. Uh, but um, actually, this was a very good indication uh, for us, and, and, and that that our concept is really can be really big uh, because people uh, like mall owners they, they really like it, and this gave us encouragement to keep going. Yeah, I, you know, I think all businesses find that it's always a lot harder. It takes twice as long to get started it co- always costs you more money than you think it's going to but you're right it's about perseverance it's about keeping going and it's all about the customer the customer is the only person that counts you can have the best product in the world and if the customer doesn't buy it you don't have a business you know i love your concept that the design of your store was fabulous your product your products are absolutely beautiful and the, the great thing is that, you know, your store would be a smash. It didn't, doesn't matter whether it's on the Champs-Élysées or uh, on Fifth Avenue in New York or where it is. It is fabulous and the design is beautiful. And if you go on, we'll give you the address shortly to go online. But if you're listening to the show and you want to have a look at some absolutely gorgeous designs, uh, have a look at this site and this store. It's fabulous. So... You've got um, a huge market there. Just tell me a little bit about the about the market and, and how you're approaching it. Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, Spirit of Arabia has always been about providing high quality, stylish products. Well, initially, to the Arab world and the millions of tourists that come here, uh, particularly to, to Dubai. Um, we we are also global brands, and we want to sell our products online. Uh, so we came up with the simple idea of referring to visitors to the site as virtual tourists. Yeah. Um, this allows us to always remain focused on who our customers are. Yeah. Now, in addition to 422 million Arabs in the immediate Arab countries, we have two main categories of tourists. Okay, one are those who are real world and actually visiting the Arab world. And uh, the second one, those who are online and in the virtual world. Yep. So to reflect these two words, we have labeled our concept as dual world tourism shopping. That's great. I've never heard of dual world tourism shopping before it, it's it's a really good name i've got to say i just love that french accent that is <laughs> fabulous there's something charming <laughs> there's something charming about a french accent we've got an, uh, an arab guy on one side who sounds you know like a guy from the middle east you've got me on the other side that sounds like i'm straight out of Australia, and you've got this magnificent French accent in the middle. Um, so, going back to dual world tourism, how, how did you come about the, the name, and is that yours, or how did you come up with that? 
So your your market obviously is now for real world and virtual world tourists. So do you have figures so that we can get an idea of how this how large this market is? We know there's four hundred and twenty two million Arabs and and they're good shoppers too, Arabs. They 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 are very good shoppers. So how large is the market? Okay, yes. Um, so, uh, because we're the uh, we can connect our market on two sources mainly. So, the first source is the actual number of tourists to the Arab region. Yeah. And the second one is the online virtual tourists who are interested in buying contemporary Arabian themed clothing and accessories, what we do. So, in terms of number, there are currently over 82 million tourists to the whole Arab region. This includes the Middle East and the countries around North Africa, uh, from Morocco to Egypt. Yeah. So the, this inc- it, it's all the MENA region, right? And so the virtual market quickly, is international, of course. So the analysts report that clothing is now the number one product purchased online. Wow. Incredible. I mean, we, we know that in the U.S. alone, over $48 billion was spent last year on online sales of apparel and accessories only. Wow. And another example, uh, China. Uh, China. Chinese online sales of clothing is now over $51 billion. These numbers show we have a huge opportunity in terms of markets. That's yeah, a, that's $100 billion. You don't need a very big share of that to make a lot of money, do you? Yeah, it is. They are incredible numbers. So the market's huge. You know, having a huge market's one thing, the, but to make a dollar and have a business, you've got to get to them. So how do you intend to reach those customers and convince them to buy Spirit of Arabia? Yes, a, a good, good question, Bob. And, and for that, you know, we, we, we've got a, 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 a multi-pronged approach. So for the, for the real world tourists, uh, firstly, uh, we want to embed ourselves into the travel chain. Uh, that's key for us, since our uh, uh, customers are tourists. Right. Uh, and and uh, one of the key channels will be through duty-free uh, outlets and airports across the region. Right. And uh, we also uh, want to sell through airlines, uh, cruise lines, that's a big thing now, yep. uh, and uh, hotels. Right. Uh, our brand is uh, also applicable to business travellers, uh, since uh, they usually, uh, the people who travel in business want to take back home presents for their uh, family and uh, friends. So we want to establish ourselves in the meetings and centres, uh, conferences and exhibitions uh, sector as well. And, it, and, uh, the, and the, then, uh, in the Middle East, that's a huge business. I give a lot of speeches in Dubai, and you know the, the tourism business and the convention business in in Dubai, particularly and and, and Abu Dhabi, is just fantastic. Okay, so what about the virtual tourists? 
Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. It's, it's, it's the market is, is growing all the time. So you know, we, we you know, if we can get in, yeah, that sort of presents us a very good opportunity. Uh, and then, of course, uh, for virtual tours, uh, uh, what we've developed is a leading edge 3D store uh, online. Right. Uh, customers can select an avatar and actually walk uh, into our store. Uh, they're presented with a very realistic. Uh, looking shop and see our products as they'll be displayed in the real world physical store. Mm. They can get the information they want, of course, and they can even try on our garments on their avatar to get an idea of how they'll look from different angles. Yeah, I had a big fiddle with the with the website, um, so, and so I've seen the 3D store. It's very impressive. I'll... I'm sure people will probably say, well, why do you want to go down the 3D road when 2D online stores are established, they're simple to use, you know, people are used to them? So yeah. why, why why take the next step? Yeah, Bob, um, I understand this question, but, but for me, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that the next generation of online stores will be 3D. Like, there, there is a lot of work being done in this direction now by... by, by retailers already, right? Yeah, sure. So, yes, yes, definitely. 2D online stores are simpler, and actually we offer that option as well. Yeah. So, but, but the 3D stores uh, give, give something more. It, it, it gives a richer, more realistic, and more fun shopping experience. So yeah. It's completely different. And, uh, another advantage for retailers is that the merchandising can, can be as it is in real physical store. Like, like you, can, you can see, you can we can we can arrange the store uh, like in real store, like in real shop. So yeah, that provides right. us with more opportunities to to sell to customers. Yeah, it, it's so, some it, it adds us. You know, it gives it gives more 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 uh, chance. It's more real. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Absolutely. I, I've seen some three D stores and. Uh, they can be very slow, and graphics take a long time to download. How have you addressed that? Uh, uh, okay, so uh, what we've uh, developed so far is a demo uh, to, to show uh, what's possible in 3D. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you go there and, uh, you know, and then you listeners, when you look at our website, you can see the, the functionality that we're actually offering uh, in 3D. Uh, and they'll immediately see the high quality of the, you know, the graphics, the high resolution graphics that we have. Yeah. Uh, for, for the operational system itself, we will change the technology from a, a flash that we're using just now to HTML5, which right. is uh, now becoming much more common. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll also host our website much faster servers to increase performance. Uh, and because the internet speeds across the world are actually increasing, we, we, we feel confident that this is a, a good time for the public to get used to shopping uh, online in 3D now. Uh, you know, and giants such as uh, Walmart and Tesco think, think this as well, because like, they've been working on their own prototypes. So I think, you know, just now uh, we, we're getting into this uh, 3D uh, uh, online shopping at a very good time, and if you know, we can get ourselves established. You know, again, it's, it's, it's a, a huge opportunity for us. And you're first out there, yeah. So how do you see this now developing from here? Yes. Um, okay, yes, there are a number of enhancements that we already had in mind, of course. I mean, we, we're working on it. Sure. Uh, the first is, is to offer truly personal avatars. 
which means that we will have, um, we, 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 will, we will offer customers the ability to put their own faces on the avatars yep. by uploading an image of themselves. Okay? Yep. And then uh, there is also technology available now to present avatars based on the customer's own uh, measurement. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so we, we are looking into how we can incorporate this into our system. Right. Uh, we, 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 we are hardly working on it. Right. So we would also like to expand the landscape beyond the store so that the virtual tourists can explore, you know, and make, like, like, like explore the environment. In the, in the virtual world, we, we don't need to see the reality of the physical world. Yes. So, so we, we can be very creative in this sense. We will take the real world as a starting point and then augment this to a present magical world that tourists can explore. So this will be a real great way to give people an idea of what Arabia is about. And hopefully they will uh, turn them into real world tourists. It will attract them to come uh, in the real Arab world, right? With the 3D, you can, you can convey so much color and so much atmosphere and, uh, and environment. Mm. I, think, I, I think there's something really charming to we um, Americans and, and Australians, English, about Arabia. There's just some a mystery about Arabia. So what's your immediate plan now? Uh, okay, so Bob, uh, we're going public with uh, our concept just now, and as you mentioned, we've already done that through the SME Congress in Abu Dhabi back in uh, December, uh, and you know we, we're uh, getting this PD demo out uh, to the public, uh, you know, to, to capture the attention uh, of uh, customers and uh, hopefully of investors. Right. So, do you have any ideas in mind on exactly how you're going to go about doing this? Yeah, sure, Bob. We do. Uh, like on, on the treaty demo on our website, we have included a photo-op facility that allows users to take images anywhere inside and outside of, uh, of the store. Yeah, yeah that's a great, the virtual I- store. great idea. I thought it was really cute. Good idea. Uh, yeah, so it's very interactive. Yeah. So uh, there is also a, a selfie option that allows um, uh, to take pictures of the avatars. Um, so they can they can take pictures uh, in front of the floor or even in the changing room, for example, for whomever wants. <laughs> and, uh, and these images can be uploaded immediately to the people's social network sites, such as Facebook, Twitter, and so on. Sure. Yeah. So 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 we're hoping to spread the word to these little funny options and get our brand, brands, like, known as widely as possible. Right. Yeah, because this is the, the, the goal. It, it would be really great if we can get to, for example, one million images of the Spirit of Arabia store there somewhere online, and, like, like it, it would be really a good, um, a good um, place to, to, to show what we can do and what we offer. It's a great way to get noticed. Um, you know, on, there's no question that um, the social media sites and particularly people, the things like um, Instagram and um, etc., are great ways to spread because your logo is so powerful. I mean, it is just mm. so powerful. So if people want more information, how can they get it from you? 
Well, I, of course, you can just go to our website. It says spiritofarabia.com. Yep. Uh, and for the 3D demo, they can just uh, select the, the tab at the top. It says the 3D demo. Uh, and uh, as I said before, they can uh, then uh, you know walk around the store. Uh, they, or again, on the website, uh, they can go to the contact us page. Uh, uh, you know, to, to uh, for any information, and of course, we'll be happy to get back to them. Uh, for potential investors, we have a business plan that we can share as well. So, what are you what are you asking of investors? What are you ask? What are you looking for, and what are you offering for it? Well, uh, Bob, we're asking for a capital level of $2 million. Right. Uh, this will uh, help us to get uh, to restart operations again, to hire key staff, purchase inventory, and to start our marketing internationally. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, as I said, again, at outset, uh, one of the lessons that we've already learned is to expect the unexpected. So uh, we know that we need to have uh, some cash in reserve to deal with emergencies. Uh, and in return uh, for the investment, we were actually offering a 30% equity in the company. Okay. Um, I have to say that I'm, I'm very familiar with Spirit of Arabia, and the products are fabulous. The, the, the logo is brilliant. The, everything is so classic and classy and sophisticated, and Amira is a... Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful designer, and, and I haven't told you that before. I don't so think, much. but you are a magnificent designer, and so I. Everybody listening out there, this is a brand that I am absolutely convinced is going to go places. Um, it's it's not only just the mystery of of Arabia and the Arabian culture. It it's just such a classic, contemporary brand that goes across fabulous clothing and accessories and a whole range of products so i fully 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 urge you to go and have a look at the website because it is beautiful stuff um ashed and amira thank you very very much for being on the bob pritchard radio show and Thank you so much, Bob, for inviting us. It's a pleasure. Yes, Bob, we appreciate uh, you, you contacting us as well. That's, that's really great. And you just, you just say one quick thing. Yes, uh, sure. My accent's actually from Glasgow, if anyone's really <laughs> <was> wondering. Okay. <laughs> so if, if you're interested in looking at the products, go to the website. If you're interested in investment, go to the website and go directly to our shed or... You can, and, and the, I'll give you the website again. It's www.obviously spiritofarabia, spiritofarabia.com, or you can email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and I will pass you directly over to our shed. So this is Bob Pritchard. I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show immediately after this short break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? 
Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. Absolutely no bullshit. Tell it the way it is. Business radio show. And we're coming to you this week from the shores of Sydney Harbour. And it's a magnificent day here. We are an international show. We're actually heard right around the world in a whole bunch of countries and people that are from outside the United States, that's obviously our biggest market, but people outside the United States, um, don't forget to be in touch. It was great to bring you that interview with um, Arshid and Amira from Saudi. Um, So no matter where you are in the world, we're about helping you. So if we can do anything for you at all, let us know. We want to thank you also for the great response we get um, to our email segment. We get questions constantly from everywhere and, you know, obviously um, we answer as many as we can on it. The rest of them we do answer. And I think the reason that this segment's popular is because no matter where you are in the world, whether you're in Saudi Arabia, like I said, or here in Australia or in my hometown of Los Angeles, we all have the same problems. doesn't matter whether you've got a big business or a small business. How do we differentiate ourselves? How do we market ourselves inexpensively? How do we give people great customer service? How do we build loyal customers? How do we get good return on investment? How do we get people coming back and back? How do we anticipate what our um, the changes are going to happen in our industry? All those things are equally as important everywhere in the world. So... Um, I hope you get a little snippet of wisdom out of these emails that we're about to um, answer for you. And don't forget, if I read out your email on air, we will send you out a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, and um, Tim Draper, Hotmail, Skype, Baidu, and others said, if you follow this, they will come and... uh, I guarantee you they will. It give you the 15 or 18 keys that are absolutely invaluable into making any business a success. Now, we get a lot of emails from entrepreneurs concerned about how to beat their competitors. Obviously, that's the name of the game. And most of your competitors are obvious. They're the people down the street or around the block or in another state that are doing exactly what you do. However... Just think about this for a minute. It wasn't that long ago, 
that newspaper publishers said people will always read newspapers. And record companies said people will always believe in music. And bookstores were not concerned about the web particularly. And people still opened travel agencies. And blockbuster video franchises were still being sold. And most bricks and mortar people thought that their business model would go on forever. But these industries have been changed and not necessarily by what appeared at the time to be direct competitors. Who'd have thought that Apple would change the music business or Amazon would totally change the record, the um, book business? And there's a whole heap of those. Google is going to change the banking business. So ask yourself the question, when you're preparing your um, strategy for the next 10 years, have a think about who's going to be your competitor in 10 years' time. We tend to think it's same people doing what we're doing, but not necessarily. My first email today comes from Sebastian Petralia of the Gold Coast in Australia. He runs a number of restaurants, and Sebastian says, how can I get my customers to come back more regularly? A lot of people come once, say the restaurant's great, and then I never see them again. How can I get them to be regular customers? Well, studies by a number of researchers, including Harvard Business School, show that 62% of all satisfied customers, irrespective of the business, never come back. And the reason is that when they come to your restaurant or your business, they're entitled to be satisfied, so that's what they're paying for. So if you satisfy them and they walk out and say, yeah, I'm satisfied with that, that's the minimum that you can give them. There's a million other restaurants will give them exactly the same thing. You need to knock their socks off when they come to your restaurant. You need to personally charm them, call them by name, offer them a free drink, Perhaps a flower for the lady. Get their email address. Open the door. Thank them for coming as they leave. <coughs> Excuse me. You need to look at all of their touch points. You can begin with when they make the booking, when they arrive at the restaurant, every time a waiter or a busboy goes to the table, when they go to the bathroom, when you give them the check, uh, when they get up to leave, as they walk out the door. So that's at least 11 times that you can interact with that customer and 11 opportunities you've got of making that night really special for them. How many of those do you do? And that's only just the beginning. That's the very minimum you can do. In all cases, when you're looking at customer service, Put yourself in the customer's shoes. Ask yourself, what would knock my socks off if I went to a restaurant? What would the next morning I want to tell somebody about my experience last night? What about the follow-up? How can you make it special for them after they've been and left the restaurant? Sebastian, a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, is on its way to you tomorrow. And I'm sure that you'll enjoy it. My second email today is from Alan Johnson in Akron, Ohio. And uh, 
Alan writes, Dear Bob, great show. I've listened for the past few weeks and the information you provide is great. I run a small printing business and with the slowdown in the economy, companies have cut down on their printing, which has resulted in a big slowdown in sales for us. It's not just our company, but all our competitors are feeling it too. So, and I'll... It goes on to say, I've got a question for you. You are obviously Australian. How many Australians are there on radio in the US? Alan, thanks for your question. Um, as far as how many Aussies on radio, I am an Aussie, yes. I've lived in California for 25 years. I'm a citizen. I vote. I do all of those things. Um, how many Aussies are there on radio in America? I'm the only one, I think. Um, as far as I know, I'm loving it. So even though there's a slowdown, there's still a lot of work out there. You know, if if, if your business is worth, if the total printing business is worth a billion dollars a year in America and it slows down 10%, there's still $900 million out there that you can get. So, you know, forget about anything except the, the total potential business that you can get. Um, but you need to aggressively take business off your competitor. You've got to create new offers. You've got to generate new ideas. You know, a friend of mine is a printer, hadn't cold called for years because work just kept coming in and in and in and he was doing well. But when the slowdown occurred, despite being the boss and having about 15 employees, I think, he began knocking on doors. On the very first day, he went out cold calling. He picked up six jobs from his competitors. So the problem is that when business gets tough, people resign themselves to it to it, and don't get off their ass. If you want to get up, get off your ass, this is the time to do it. Let the competitors go out of business. Put them out of business. As far as being creative, you know, I don't know that much about the printing business, um, but a lot of people do some amazing things. That in, in England, when um, mad cow disease broke out, one entrepreneur painted billboards all over his cows. So he made each cow, just painted the sides of all the cows with ads and charged people for them. Didn't charge a lot, but when you've got a few thousand head, <laughs> you make a lot of money. And he got a huge amount of publicity, so everybody won. Now, that's really thinking outside the box, but that's what you've got to do if you want to get um, exposure. You've got to do things that are differently. You know, there's so much news. When I was um, writing for a column for a newspaper, I used to get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of press releases every day. And the only ones you publicise are the ones that are really cute and really different. You know, the rest of them you just ignore. So for you to get noticed by customers or by the media or whatever, you've really got to work on it. It doesn't just happen. So, no matter where you are or what you're up to, remember this show is aimed at all business people. So, thanks. And my new book, Kick-Ass Business Marketing Secrets, is on its way to you. I've got another email here that I'll tackle next week. It's from Paul Henderson in Fort Worth, Texas, but I'll do that next week. We here at the Bob Pritchard Radio Show are all about helping small business. Don't forget, I want to hear from you. I want you to send me questions. I want you to tell me who you want me to interview. I want you to just give me 
clues on what you're interested in because I want to meet your expectations. Sign up for my newsletter. My February newsletter will be out in about a week. Email me, tweet me, become my friend on LinkedIn and tell me what it is that you want me to talk about. So don't forget, go to my website, Bob Pritchard with a T, P-R-I-T-C-H-A-R-D dot com. And that's it from me today in Sydney, Australia. This is Bob Pritchard, and I look forward to being with you again at the same time next week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.